Twin County Media is sponsored and supported by a group of special businesses and organizations who care about positive journalism and highlighting the best that the Twin Counties has to offer. We are supported by the Rocky Mount Event Center, UNC Health Nash, Rocky Mountain Medical Park Pharmacy, Wildwood Furniture, Lighting, and Decor, Happier at Home, Home Health Care, Bullock's Fine Home Furnishings, the Dunn Center at North Carolina Wesleyan University, Fortis Wealth Management, Claire DeLune, Nash Community College, the Small Business Center at Edgecombe Community College, AAA Mini Storage of Rocky Mount, Old North State Coffee Roasters, Jake Harper, Insurance Agent for Farm Bureau, the Lighthouse Store, Simmons & Harris, Wellingate Apartments, and Metro Maintenance. To become a community partner today, please reach out via email at contact at twincountymedia.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Twin County Spotlight. My name is Benton Moss, and today I've got an amazing guest, Clyde Bailey, owner of Bailey's uh, Fine Jewelry. Headquartered here, has a, has a store here for decades, storied family business, um, but also Clyde's a great storyteller, so he's going to tell us some stories today. But Clyde, thanks for taking your time to come out. Oh, Ben, it's my pleasure. If you want to talk about the old days in Rocky Mount, I can tell them from the ones I got. If, I, if my mother was here, she's 98 years young, but she remembers the old days as well. But I can, uh, I can tell you some good stories about downtown uh, that I recall. Absolutely. Well... Before we get into sort of the, the Bailey's history, uh, let's talk about you and kind of how you grew up and, you know, just, just talk to us about about your childhood. Well, let's see. I, we grew up on Redgate Avenue on the Edgecombe side of town. We lived across the street from Marigold Park. Wouldn't have taken, I wouldn't take a, a, a suitcase full of money to replace my childhood because everything happened across the street, all kinds of activities at Marigold Park. So I always had somebody to play with. Sure. Whatever, whatever athletic season it was baseball basketball football whatever we played it across the street there's tennis courts there's also a small swimming pool and uh everybody came to marigold park in our area to, to play ball that's and, awesome uh, and that was that was a good time over there and, and just a lot of just a lot of great times growing up in rocky mount the soda shops were around the local grocery store down the street on cookie road and Everything you want, it seemed like be right there in your own neighborhood. Yeah, well, uh, and your parents' store was, I mean, within walking distance. I know where Redgate Avenue is. So Absolutely. It's, it's within I, walking well, distance. If, if I had a flat tire on my bike, which <laughs> it seemed like I had a lot, I would walk. Uh, when I got out of school, I uh, went to Fannie Gorman School on Cookie Road. I would walk uh, to um, Nash. My, my mom and daddy's first store was on a side street called Nash Street. If you walked at the front door, it was facing the side door of Belt Tyler's. And I'd walk there and I'd walk back. And then when they moved to the next block, uh, which was near Almond's Drug Store at the time, uh, that time, you know, I'd do that. But, you know, by the time I could fix my own bicycle then, so I'd fix my own tire and drive my bicycle up there those days. Well, I'm I'm really interested in downtown. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful, it's got beautiful architecture, beautiful bones. It's obviously, you know, there's really not a lot of activity going on right now. Um, but kind of give a vision of what downtown was like when you were growing okay. up. It was vibrant. Ben, it was as vibrant as anything you could ever picture to be. Uh, it was a hustle and bustle on the streets. People would ride around the block like we do in parking lots at shopping centers now waiting to luck up to find a park. Wow. I mean, a little bickering would go on with people. I can remember the yeah, day yeah. say, hey, that's my park. I was yeah. waiting for that park. But it was it was that. And the streets were packed on Main Street with people, particularly on the Nash side. Now, if you had a store on the Nash side of the, of the tracks, it was far more vibrant than the cross the street, the Edgecombe side. Because the business just seemed to be uh, busier, the type of business that they were. They had the little... The, the, the train man up there in the tower, and trains were coming by as often as you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And on the weekends, uh, particularly the first of the month, the good old country folks would come into town. Lots of them, I don't know if they had cars or not, but the but the farm owners would bring them packed in the back of pickup trucks. Wow. And they would get out and, and, and spend the day like on a Saturday and it really went up to a whole nother level on a, on the first of the month on a Saturday. Like you wouldn't believe it, at the end of the day, that 
everybody got back on that pickup truck of that either farm hand or either the owner and they would leave town they they'd shot with whoever they shot with but so many of them come in and and, and see my mom and daddy to buy a watch and back in those days you could put something on layaway for a dollar or my daddy mom and daddy gave people credit like a lot of people did back in those days so that's pretty typical with like retail stores so would just re- re- hey you have an account at Bailey's. You're right and you would you would really you would give them credit on a handshake and trust that person to to be honest, and wow. they were. Yeah. And and you had a little index card, and that person, my mother used to say, if so-and-so says they'll be here between 4 or 5 on a Friday or, or Saturday, whatever time they say, first thing on a Saturday morning, they said you could almost look at your watch, and those people would walk in within the time frame they said, and they'd make a dollar payment. I remember standing there when I was about 6 and 7 years old and see my mother, see them pull out that little index card out of a little box and pull it out and that person either hand them a dollar or hand them five dollars and they would just make those payments and of course they'd come in they'd buy a little something else and my mother or daddy would add that to the little card and it, 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 it was pretty simple and one other thing comes to mind Ben, when it was tobacco season, you could smell the smell of tobacco Oh wow! when the wind was blowing in the right direction off of Church Street uh, where the, some of the tobacco was, and the trucks would come down, and they would drop a few stalks, not a stick, but a stalk off or two, and you could pick them up and just smell it. But the town smelled like uh, cured tobacco. Tobacco, yeah. It was just a, and, and of course, my mother and dad said it just smelled like money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I grew up on a on a farm, so I've I've seen the tobacco barns and smelled it. But it, for anybody that hadn't ever kind of experienced that, mm-hmm. can you describe? I, I'm gonna try and describe it. You try to describe the smell too. Well, to me, it's like a smoky, sweet kind of smell. Yeah, it had its own smell, yeah, as yeah, you yeah, well yeah. know. And um, it was always fun to find a, um, one of it has wrapped in the end, right. and you pick it up and shake it, you know, like a big fold-out leaf, but it was brown. And you would smell it, just had this smell that, that had its own aroma. And I'll tell you this, um, so when farmers, tobacco farmers would come in, and, or, or some of the workers and they would pay for something. And back in those days, there was no such thing as a credit card right. in the 60s that we knew of at Bailey's. And um, they would um, pay us. Sometimes the money was damp. I think it's damp from either being in a jar or or maybe just being the sweat of a person, just hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many people came in wearing bib overalls. And yeah. they pull that money out of their, 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 their breast. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it'd be a roll of money. Yeah, yeah. And they would they would peel it out, paying for whatever they're paying for. And I remember touching it when I was like 15, 16, 17 years old, helping my mother. My dad had already died at that point. And I'd help him and go put the money in the register. My mother would be delivering the watch of the piece of jewelry they were buying. And the smell was strong enough and it was a derivative of the tobacco smell yeah but it had a damp smell to oh, it yeah. as well and i remember one time it was so strong one time i said i said mother do you want me to put this money in the um in the restaurant it, it smells terrible and my mother looked at me and said there ain't nothing wrong with that money you put that money in that cash <laughs> restaurant and, I, and she said it real fast I said, and i thought well she's right green is green yeah that's yeah, right yeah that's right but it, but 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 tobacco season was a big deal for everybody yeah. in Rocky That's kind of when everybody was flush. You, that is exactly right. Yeah, that, okay. that was their payday. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so that was, um, yeah, that's probably big for, for all the retailers. Back in back in those days, did people live in, like, like on the second, third floors of those buildings, or were they all just retail all the way through? They were just retail. Okay. That, that I never knew. And I probably would know because – uh, Main Street was, was my babysitter. I've right. said it many times. My yeah. mother and daddy worked. Like a lot of people, husband wife teams that own a business, they work together, and they work six days a week in retail. Back in those days, though, been at Wednesday afternoon at 1 o'clock, not, not Belt Tyler's and maybe not Almond's as a drugstore. Most businesses put the sign on the door. They closed at 1 o'clock on a Wednesday. And, and back in those days, they went fishing and, Fishing season, I think they went hunting and hunting season. Wait, like close for the rest of the week? Day, for the day. For the day, okay. For the okay. day, but but it's husband and wife working. But I walked the streets, and, yeah. and you know, I'd look at these great big tall men, it seemed like. And, and back in those days, they were wearing suits. Yeah, a lot yeah, of the businessmen well, well business were wearing suits, and, you know, if they, ladies were wearing 
pocketbooks and they had hats and stuff like I mean, on Saturdays it was a different because a lot of people came in from out of town. But, uh, but and, and a lot of older people, they knew me as Junior Bailey because my daddy was Junior Clyde. Bailey. I was Clyde Junior. And they would know who I was. A lot of them, they'd stop and speak to me. I remember how tall they'd lean down to talk to me. And it was amazing how much advice men would give you. Yeah. They'd see me working the street, so to speak, because that's, that's what I did. Just, just It was because of my babysitter. But, but um, And the business was, when I tell you they were vibrant, the business was booming in those days in the 60s downtown. And our store was growing like crazy. And uh, But my father, um, when he left Nash Street, in 1958, that was not the place to be. He needed to be on the main street. He knew it. So Fox Jewelers was going out of business. A lot of jewelry stores in Rocky Mount were owned by Jewish couples, and they were elderly. And so the Foxes decided to retire, so my daddy was able to take over their location next to Almonds. It was a tiny little store. Yeah. And um, they called it Fox and Bailey back in those days when you bought a person's business. There was a belief that you did not just put your name on it, you added you the other added name. It. So the people who came from out of town would still go to that store and realize that it still had the name of the original person, and right. then after a period of time, you might get rid of it. But they didn't want to think, all of a sudden, it's changed. I'm not going to do business or anymore. Person. That's yeah. right. And so he was there for about five years, and then uh, he said he was tired of paying rent, and the rent kept going up. Nobody would sell a building back in those days. Cause it Why was, would you? Everybody yeah, it, it was booming. It, exactly. Like, yeah. So um, John, John Griffin's shoe store – was going out of business. It was Roscoe Griffin's brother, I think, and which was a booming one on Main Street, which wound up being about 17 or 18 chain stores wow. at a later date uh, all around North Carolina. But my dad was there to buy that building from a, a man, Mr. A. Hicks. A. Hicks Agency was a major commercial realtor back in those days. And um, so they bought that building, but it was the worst. It was the furthest away from Belks. Everything was related on from Belk, Tyler's. Okay. And so my daddy bought that building, in the early part of 63, and he told my mother, my daddy was, he was a watchmaker and a jeweler, and he wore suits every day, you know, and worked, sat at the bench, and my mother's right there helping him. But he said they need to have something to bring people to the store. And the Douglas block was a, was across the street over on the Eskimo side over there. And uh, and so he said, we got to get people to, to stop by us rather than walk toward Bell. So he put a speaker out on the, on the outside, right on the edge at the street, above their glass and he said we're gonna start selling 45 records and albums and cassette tapes and uh, Motown was pretty popular this oh, was 1963 okay. and so my mother said it was the most surprising things so my daddy had never shown any interest in music but he said people like music music is becoming a bigger part of people's lives yeah and so they got all the all the established all the accounts with the distributors and we became this 11 foot wide it was called Bailey's Jewelry and Record Shop. They got rid of the name Fox when they left and went to the, the to the third location. And um, the speaker would absolutely bring people in the store. They walk in by all of a sudden they hear whatever they were playing. They come in and realize there's a record shop there. And so they started just buying records and they'd see a Timex watch or a Boulevard watch or a Caravelle watch. They'd see a St. Christopher, a, a Spide LID bracelet. They'd say a little diamond friendship ring or engagement ring or whatever, and they'd put it on layaway or they'd buy it, and it just kept growing. And then, amazingly, in February, of, my daddy died in August of 63. He was 46 years old. He died of a massive heart attack oh, sorry, while he was in the hospital with pneumonia in August. My mother was 36. He was 46. I was 10, and my little sister was 3. Wow. And so uh, the men in town, the word got out, that um, my mother's going to keep the store open. And uh, my mother grew up at Oxford Orphanage and from eight years old to graduation. And they taught her how to be a bookkeeper and a stenographer. And, you know, stenographer is – and you can work for an attorney or work at a, a clerk's office or somewhere, and you it was shorthand. Right. But um, So she got a job with a Mr. Fields, an attorney named Mr. Fields or something. And, um, is that and the same we, Fields and Cooper? Well, it may have been – a. Another the earlier generation. Okay. I remember him, uh, and uh, but um, and then after that, you know, that's like phone booths. Nobody's they don't need stenographers. They don't need phone right, booths right, anymore. Right, right. So they still uh, need bookkeepers though. Exa exactly. <laughs> but my mother knew how to keep books, and people yeah. back there were conserved in those days. But there was a there was a the, a friend of my mother's came to her and said, "Did you know there's a bet going on about you amongst all the men who own jewelry stores and pawn shops in Rocky Mount?" And mother said, "No. What kind of bet?" They're all betting how short a period of time you'll be in business. 
And my mother had learned to be very determined, having to overcome a lot of obstacles by, you know, growing up in, a, in, in the um, in Oxford Orphanage. And, um, and so she said, well, I'll show them. I'll show them. Well, it came to be that, that every one of them, every one of them wound up going out of business. I was going to ask, are any of them still in business? No, none of them. And none of their children pursued the careers. They, they raised wow. their children. And my mother's business was the only one that ever lasted. So she won the bet. Yeah, yeah, clearly. <laughs> and, so, and then some. Right. So, again, my daddy died in August of 63. My mother, they say, went home and cried for a week, which I don't recall that. But, and so apparently the store stayed closed for a week. And there was three other staff members there uh, with my mother. four of them. And so um, she opened back up and and said that uh, all she knew to do was to go back to work. My daddy had taught her how to do some watch repairs. She knew the nomenclature of that. And she knew how to keep books. And they had established small business. And, uh, and she said she had a 10-year-old and a 3-year-old to, to feed you know, and raise and everything. Well, in 64, in February, the Beatles came to America. Okay. And it almost became history for Bailey's that um, – it was a phenomenon. It's really what it was for people who owned record shops. Well, my sure. mother had the record shop in town, even though the record bar had opened up out at Terrytown Mall. Okay, but but so many people were still shopping downtown. Downtown, yeah. And so, uh, by by having the, the the contracts with the distributors, we would get them by the cases. And people who never shot with Bailey's, because we didn't care high end merchandise, we cared two dollar earrings and. Goldfield jewelry, sterling silver jewelry. You know, we sold bullet watches and stuff, but not really nice jewelry. But nicest families in town were calling my mother's phone, my business phone. Everybody had one phone back in those days. Sure. And saying, um, it, you know, like you would say to your parents, I got to go to school today, you know, but you, you get me that new Beatle album. I want that Beatle album. Well, where do I get it from? You call Bailey's. I hear that's the place to get it. So they had a, a legal pad next to the telephone, and you start taking these people's name. You heard them, Dr. So-and-so, call this number, his wife, and you'd have a phone number. And so this was when I was in seventh grade at this point. So I go home, and back in the days, you know, it was called take off your knapsack. Now they call them book bags. Book bags, book yeah, bag. yeah. But you, I get to take my knapsack off, and I go straight to the, the, the one phone we had in the house. I call the store, and whoever answered the phone, and my mother, whoever, the other three ladies, I'd say, do I need to go to the bus station today? The bus station, of course, was across the street uh, by the YMCA back in those days over there. And they'd either say, yes, we, we got a pickup. Well, they'd be coming from either, the albums would either come from Chicago, we'd go for three different places. And um, and so I'd take my bicycle and ride to the bus station, and I'd say, I'm, I'm here for Bailey's Jewelry. And so they I would um, they'd show me how many stacks of cases of albums, albums that and I could put two cases on my handlebars and you know drive with one hand and hold the top and I'd <laughs> ride to the store and I'd, I'd go to the front door and take them in and set them down crack them open and I guess it was 30 or 40 in a case and and either if I took them all that day I would start my job was to start calling for the first person I call me hey, Mr. So-and-so Miss So-and-so um, you got the new your, record your, your right? album's here and uh, and we put a tape of their name on it and we have them stacked up people start packing the store about wow. 3.30 4.30 and start picking them up and bed them in our store and all of a sudden people started being familiar with Bailey's and it happened for months and months because albums they'll come out with another album right. they come out with another album and 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 Motown was already good, but it was getting better and better. Temptations, James yeah, yeah, Brown, yeah. Four Tops, you just name it, you know, all who these bands. Who was Earth, Wind, and Fire? Earth, Wind, and Fire was probably in the 70s. I'd say late 70s or okay. 80s. Yeah, yeah, it was a yeah they were a great band, but that, they weren't the early Motown crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but um, it, it was really, there would be so many people in our store, been, this is hard to believe, on Saturdays. We'd have to have one of our ladies to stand at the front door, the glass door, and open the door and let people in and say, "If y'all just be patient, be patient." <laughs> and we have to we have fifty or sixty people in an eleven foot wide store now. Even we had showcase, so it was a narrow spot, and they were shoulder to shoulder, rows of them, and listen to the records we play. And we'd raise it up and say, "Who? How many people want that forty-five? And they'd start raising their hand, be 15, 20, 25, 30 people. When we have tons of my mother would buy inventory like crazy. And so we get up to it, and then somebody would point and says, I want that watch right there. Can, can I put that watch right there on layaway? Some people put the five, six, seven things on layaway while they're there buying a record. And then when they leave the, leave out the 
door. The lady would say, okay, one, two, three, five of y'all can come in. There will be that many people in my mama's store. Wow. And it was just an amazing time downtown Bailey's. And it was like that. I'm going to say for a couple of years. Sure. And that's what really was the foundation. Of, the foundation of really my mother and daddy's just trust and honesty and people, you know, and just good old, just good folks taking care of good folks. But the record business made people really aware of Bailey's and my daddy fixed watches and repair the jewelry. And we sold just simple things to simple people. Yeah, that's really interesting about, I mean, it just sounds like your parents were great retailers in general. They yeah. understood what people wanted, what the customers wanted, that's right? That's right. Um, how has, you know, from, from then, from the mid sixties to, to, you know, through seventies, eighties, nineties to today, how has the retail business changed and, and sort of Bailey's from then well, to now? Right. Well, when that's a great question and I'm focused on Rocky Mount. Sure. So, you know, so I fell in love with my wife when I was 15 years old, met her and, um, so we decided we we're going to get married right out of high school. That's awesome. So you got to figure out a way to make a living, you know, if you're going to get married. And so um, I'm going to say I wasn't college material because I, I wasn't, even though I went to Mount Olive College for, for one semester. And I was John Bellucci before there was a John Bellucci. <laughs> and, and that's the best way I can describe myself. But, um, but I had to go through Goldsboro every, every week to go to Mount Olive. And there was a watchmaking school in Goldsboro at Wayne Community College. So, uh, so I, I found out that um, they, they had a, it was a two and a half year program. So I thought, hmm, my dad was a watchmaker. I used to sit there and watch him repair watches. And he let me disassemble watches. I, I couldn't repair them, I could sure tear them up. And, and I just saw that. And by the way, his, my dad was the oldest of three brothers. So each of his brothers became watchmakers. Wow. And, um, and one went to Wilson. My dad said, you go to Wilson. You can raise a family there and have a good living. And the youngest brother, you go to Goldsboro. They went to Spencer, North Carolina, to watchmaking school, which wasn't anymore by the time I was in – I was I graduated high school in 1970 from senior high. So I went to the two-and-a-half-year program at, at uh, Wayne Community College, came home in 72, and that's really when I was full-time at Bailey's. Before that, I helped my mama when she needed me, facing uh, the record days and, and, and going to the bus station in the, in the 60s. But um, so, but but the town was growing west. The old saying, "Go west, young man, go west." Go like, west in go, yeah. like in the like in the gold yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was go west and Rocky Mount too. Yeah, absolutely. Because Bobby Gorm, who was a wonderful man, built Terrytown Mall when he, I think he was like nineteen or twenty years old. Whatever, was at a young age. I have very very vague memories of the clock. The yeah, Terrytown yeah. Oh, yeah. Center, yeah, and then yeah. when it flooded, oh, and it yeah. became Sam's and everything. Yeah. But well, it was very vague. It, it became the place for teenagers to go for a lot of reasons, but mainly for the record bar business because because gotcha. um, psychedelic music it started was coming out in sixty seven, sixty eight. The Jimmy Hendrix, the Led Zeppelin, and all okay. that. So and my mother never got into that. By the way, yeah. she stuck with uh, Motown and the Beatles. But record bar of that era was was all about. You know, it could be James kind of Taylor too, Dr. John. But it was rock, you know, and, it was yeah. rock and roll and stuff. So that was the place to be. You know, of course there was the Dunderbacks. There was a lot of other good things going on out there too. But but anyway, so but but things were happening out that way. And then uh, Mayor Body and his brother Nick and I think Joe Brewer they built uh, West West End Plaza. Okay. And then and, uh, and then uh, Mr. Barnhill uh, 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 and. Uh, uh, another guy from Tarboro, they they build a um, a shopping center in West Ridge Village. Um, That's right. He, I forget the guy's name, but he uh, but he uh, he used to be a Dallas Cowboy, but he was from, grew up in Tarboro anyway. They built West Ridge Village together, and um, so I knew I had to get out there. So one morning, about ten thirty, I was at my watchmaker's bench in downtown, eleven foot wide store. I had bought it from my mother, by the way. Okay. Uh, in nineteen seventy eight. And walked through the front door. Not, there was no customers in. And Mayo, Body, and, and Joe Brewer, who are brother-in-laws, walked in the store, came back in the back to, to the counter and said, Clyde, we got a business proposition for you. And I looked at them, I thought, these are, these are great men, successful men. That every, everybody respected those two men. Sure. And I said, uh, what you guys got on your mind? You know I can't afford anything at business. I said, well, yes, you can, and you're going to do what we're going to tell you. I said, okay, what is it? said, Mr. Body 
and I guess him and his brother owned all the zip marts at the time. Okay. And the zip mart was in the corner building on at West End Plaza, and um, and they were going had bought the corner vacant property, and they're going to they're going to put build a freestanding which is next to Hardy's. That's right. And so he said, we're going to have a vacant building, and you you need to be there. You need to open up a jewelry store at West End. You need to. I don't know if they told him to leave downtown, but you, you need to go there. And I said, I can't afford to do that. He said, well, you're going to do it because this is how you need to grow. And so he said, you start thinking about it. You go home and talk to your wife, then you, Jane, both of them, you, Jane. And y'all, you figure out a way to do it because you're going to do it. It's time for you to move. Our friends are coming downtown to shop with you. You need to be closer to your customers. And I said, well, let me start thinking about it. So I called some of my mentors and they said you got to do what these two men have told you to do so i went and borrowed five hundred and fifty thousand dollars from um planners bank and uh and i literally I, I was shaking in my boots when i did it i thought how in the world will ever pay back five hundred and fifty thousand dollars as they my father-in-law would say that's when money was money <laughs> it was serious money and and, and but yeah. they loaned it to me wow. and the later they they told me that they didn't know anything about the jewelry business they didn't want to wind up owning the jewelry business if i failed they said but they had seen me at my work ethic and and the, the man at the bank told me he said we loaned you that money because we believed in you. So was that to you? Were, I'm assuming leasing that space was that just to, to finance like all the inventory and that stuff? That was fine. Do the build out because okay. I got build I got a concrete everything. floor. Gotcha. When they poured out all their their uh, freezer machines and all that, so that was in uh, summer of '82. Okay. So in 90 days, we had we got custom built showcases built. Uh, we added some staff. And we opened up on November second with a ribbon cutting with with the mayor, a, a turnage, and and my little, my children, my my father in law, my mother in law, my mother, my sister Cindy, my wife again Jane, and the staff that's going to be there. We have a ribbon cutting that morning, and uh, I had to work the night before till midnight because I promised a man that I'd have his wife's Acutron watch ready and it took me to midnight the night before to repair that Accutron because I promised him the next day and I had that watch ready and we had that ribbon cut in that next morning before 10 and uh and thanks to Mr. Body, Mr. Brewer we were able to get in that location and we, so we started out there that's the I, current location that's the current location yeah, we're yeah. in this very day and that we've had just a wonderful success with so that started in 82 but I did not close the downtown store so that's what I wanted to ask you about um we kind of glossed over the 70s. What was the retail environment like kind of downtown through the 70s going into the 80s? Like, how, uh, how was that? It, it, was it, that when it was sort of declining? Well, Belks was still downtown. Okay. But because the Terrytown was getting ro got roses, which is a big had Montgomery Wards was really big. I may be missing another big one, it seems like. But, you know, there was a lot of activity, and it was just more convenient for that side of town. I got you. And um, I think the Edgecombe crowd, Tarber, Weldon, Runner, Rapids, so many people were just so used to coming to downtown Rocky Mountain, they did. But, but it was, becoming, it was getting, becoming watered down. Sure. And then in 1980. Because there were other Six. big places to shop, well, like Terrytown and was Terry, Golden East. A, Golden a thing East was then was finished in '87. Okay, so it's a bit. Belts had on. announced that they were going leaving downtown. Yeah, to go to Terrytown Mall. Right. Uh, excuse me. Go to um, Golden, Golden East. Golden East. Yeah. And that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. And so everybody knew that the downtown once the the, the anchor of Bell Tyler's was leaving, everybody better to. Figure hitch out up, hitch yeah. up their their wagon and, and head west. Right, rest yeah. of me. And so we kept. We again, we opened up the West End store in '82, and we kept it open until September of '87. Gotcha. And then we took a center, uh, called I called it fifty yard line, right in the center of the shop of, of, of Golden East. We were right on the fifty yard line, and we opened up a, a the prettiest little thousand square foot store you've ever seen, busy as it can be. And at that point, we stayed downtown until 87 when almost, almost everybody else left. Sure. And we opened up there, and we, 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 we brought all the staff over from, from that store to the new store and added some additional people and, uh, and just had a wonderful addition of growth out there 
so we had two locations, you know, West End Plaza from 82, this one in 87. And, um, and it was still vibrant times. Rocky Mount was just people. And Rocky Mount was the hub. It was far more than just Rocky Mount. You could just count uh, Battleboro, Enfield, Weldon, Roanoke Rapids. Uh, there was these other little towns that people come in on the weekends. I can't even think of some of the names of them that were to the east of uh, Roanoke Rapids. I'm just blaming some of the names of them. But there was lots of little towns yeah. that, that came there. Uh, Robertsonville is the only one that comes to, comes to mind. Uh, Williamson comes to mind. Okay, it was it was really vibrant for Rocky Mail. So so you guys uh, so obviously downtown you know it was full of retailers for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think you know from my perspective, I would love to see people not just doing business there, but living down there. A lot of these towns have revitalized with yeah. like apartments up that's, top that's and right. restaurants down below. Yeah. So I, I think there's there's a lot of possibilities there. But so so th- you kind of rode that through the 80s, relocated to where you guys are now in Rocky Mount. But then from there, talk about um, just how Bailey's expanded and just what that was like through the next like 30, 40 years. Well, the best thing I can tell you, Ben, Bailey's has been blessed with wonderful staff, people who were like we were. We, we just cared about our community. We were thankful to be there. We want to be a part of the people. All, all I ever, Jane and I ever wanted, and I feel like my mother and daddy would say the same thing, we just want to be known as the, the family neighborhood jeweler that you could trust. Sure. And I always we always listened to our customers. And we hired staff who believed in we, that you just put your heart into it, you were honest, you just wanted to help people, you know, come in, come in and help them and get to know them. They became friends far more than they were ever known as a customer. And the Lord has blessed us along the way. I have to, I have to give 100% credit where credit is due. We look back and there's no way something should have happened other than the Lord just opened doors for us that seemed like should have been closed to anybody else. But yeah. things just and the people who, who came to work at Bailey's just just like they were heaven sent to us. And and so we listen to our customers and they say. Uh, have you ever heard of so-and-so brand? And, and lots of times I'd say no. Yeah. But but magazines like Town & Country were coming bigger and bigger and people were getting into their homes. And so I started getting these magazines that, that my customers were getting. And and I'd see the names of these brands that would tell me. And they'd say, I sure wish you would carry these lines. So we, my mother always believed in paying our bills first and because she was a bookkeeper. You pay your bills. If you're not as person, you pay your bills. And you pay your bills, and she said, whatever's left over, we eat. Yeah. And that was a simple formula. You know, we're going to pay our bills. As long as we eat, we've got a roof over our head. You know what I'm We're living good. Yeah. You know. And so um, so I, I told these companies in New York or wherever, I'd introduce myself, and I'm from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, and we'd like to see if we can carry your line of jewelry. And I never had one company to laugh in my face or tell me we're not interested in talking to you. They were growing also. Yeah, yeah. And and I tell them a little bit about us and 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 just how we were doing and everything. And, and a lot of them knew Rocky Mount because you drive down I ninety five and, and the old and the old guys were drove down three hundred one. Yeah, they yeah. really knew Church Street and Rocky Mount. Right. And so they said, mm-hmm. Oh, I used to spend the night in Rocky Mount on the way to Miami yeah. or, or to Fort La- or going back to New York. So it was really amazing, the East Coast. And so they'd, they'd send the owner, the salesman, or somebody to come see me, and I'd take this line, and then somebody say, this other brand. So one by one, we started carrying these brands that were recognized in national magazines. And it's all because customers wanted us to carry They They wanted to buy from us locally than somewhere else. So yeah, yeah. The, the, and you, you're talking about a, a local business being counsel people to buy local. I, I don't care if it's our business or every business in Rocky Mount. If you've got a choice, my wife and I will 100% of the time buy local yeah. over buying from somewhere else because we know local people stay local and they spend their money local. That's right. They don't get swept out of an account and wind up at who knows where. Who knows where. And so we started growing that way. And next thing we know, people are coming from Raleigh by hearing, where'd you get those earrings, these gorgeous fashion, and this person... I got it from Bailey's and Rocky Mount. People started being proud that they were shopping at Bailey's at a Weston Plaza store. Yeah. And these people around said, well, man, there's no store in Raleigh that's got anything that I know of like that. So if you come to Bailey's, they were like Hertzberg first. Bailey's had Kenilworth Gift Shop, which is Bullock's Furniture. It had Hertzberg first. They were already established. And I was the late bloomer. But I came on strong. 
and, and, our, and, and our staff. And, and, and we wound up – Bailey's was number three in the reason to come to Rocky Mountain. No disrespect to anybody other reason to come. Sure, to, sure, But sure. We, were the, we were the fashionable and, and the, the uh, nice things to come to Rocky Mountain for, you know, for that. And so so next thing we know, these nice ladies were coming in two or three. The four doors would pop open in a car. And these ladies we'd never seen before wearing the nicest clothes you've ever seen out of the nicest cars you'd possibly see coming out of the store and just going, woo, woo, woo. And then they say, you need to be in Raleigh. There's no store like yours in Raleigh. No store like yours in Raleigh. Well, in 1994, in January of 1994, I get a phone call from Jerry Young at Jolly's, Henry J. Young's. And he says, come up here, I want to talk to you. So, so I go up there, and within one week, we partner. And so we go to Cameron Village in the end of January of 1994 in a 2,800-square-foot store that he had. He had lost his wife, was brokenhearted, and uh, she died of that, um, they call it the Jim Henson disease. It just takes off your whole body. Mm. He was left with four children. And, uh, and, it, and, and the love of his life was, had passed away unexpectedly. And uh, we had a mutual friend at, of all places, Highness Point, Massachusetts, whose name was Dean Smith, by the way. And so he said, y'all need to get together because Dean knew me and he knew Jerry. And so we, we opened up as Henry, Henry, Bailey's and Henry J. Young's. And for, we kept that name for about three or four years, and it just went to Bailey's. That's the current location in Cameron well, Village, right? Well, it is, except every time somebody's lease ended, we took over the next one. Kept so expanding. we went over four locations. So as of... December of 22, when my son added Fox and Bailey, who went by the name Fox and Bailey for the for the watch shop that's been getting national recognition, all the vintage watches and all the brands. He did a retro-looking store from from the 40s. Um, we're now 13,000 some square feet, so we went wow. from 11 feet wide in downtown Rocky Mount, now over 13,000 some, almost 14,000 square feet, I think. And um, but it, but the, the seat of that was that 27, 2800 square foot store at Cameron Village, and, and we're the largest, we're the third largest jewelry store on the East Coast. That's amazing. That's amazing. And and we're family owned. We're family owned still. We're active in it. My son, my son actually is the president of it now. His wife Marcy, she's she's very much involved in um, all of our, our vintage, and she handles all of our state department, and they have their own um, their own shows that they do, and. Uh, and we just we have an amazing staff of wonderful people who just put their heart in it every day. Yeah. And then of course you know we, we we so we always kept we always kept our store here, and we always will because it's a vibrant store in uh, in West End Plaza. We um that's where we got our uh, wedding rings from. Yep. See, yep. You're right. people, I bought some other stuff from my wife. Yeah. We just celebrated in the fall seventy five years. That's right. And our roots are right here in Rocky Mount. In ninety four in January we went to to uh. Cameron Village to Raleigh. In 96, I had an opportunity. Someone said, you need to be in Greenville. It's, it's just growing like crazy. They got the med school. They're going to have the dental school in a few years. Which That's right. Came. And so I went over there and met with a nice lady, and she said, you absolutely need to be here. So we went there in uh, fall of 96, two years later, and I uh, had an opportunity to go to Wilmington a couple years later. David Yerman personally asked me to open up a store in oh, Wilmington. Cool. But I had a personal friend who owned a store there and a and I called another friend in Savannah, Georgia, and said, "I'm somebody." David Yerman wants me to open up a store in Wilmington. He said, "Don't do it, Clyde. You've got enough money, but you don't have enough friends. You would break this man's heart, who's a jeweler there." He said, "He thinks the world of you." And he said, "If you did that, you will not. You'll never know how bad it'll hurt him." And I said, "You know what? I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings." And and that and that man passed away a few years later with a, with, a, with an aneurysm. But but I did the right thing. That man gave me good advice. I did. I needed more friends. I didn't need more money. Sure, which sure, was a sure. real simple statement from a from a very wise Jewish man, who told me that. So so we we left Wilmington alone, and then of course we went to we, uh, Carlisle and Company went bankrupt. So we took over the Fayetteville location and the Crabtree location, and uh, we were still in Crabtree on the we call it upstairs fifty yard line. We sure. closed down. We closed down Fayetteville. Six years later, and then we opened up Fenton, and we went to Cary because so many of our customers were shopping at Cary, but we were missing a lot of it. So we opened up there in July of 22 and uh, at, at a new lifestyle center. Yeah. And so I think I counted five stores. Then now my son and his wife have opened up a, 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 a private showroom in Los Angeles. Okay. So we have a major private showroom and a lady out there who knows Beverly Hills and Los Angeles very well. Jane and I will never go see it. It's I mean, I used to live in... Beverly Hills, uh, actually Santa Monica, while I went to GIA to become a gemologist, 
Uh, I took a six-month sabbatical. My, okay. mother, my mother came back. She left, by the way, when I bought the store. My mother said she never traveled anywhere in the world because, you know, having to work and growing up in, there, in, a, in, in the uh, orphanage. But after that, she went to Egypt. She went all over the world. That's and, awesome. And got to do stuff. And so she came back long enough for me to go to GIA. But my sister Cindy's there. You know, she, when she left Wilmington and came back from uh, living in Wilmington, go to UNCW, then she worked in Wilmington for a while. So she's in our Rocky Mount store. Tammy Hicks is still there. She was 15. When she came there, she turned 60 in November. She's never had but one job in her whole life, and that was at the West End Plaza store, Donnell, Linda Ross. She's been there for 45 years. But we have faces that stayed there for all the years. You know, they're like family to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you come to our Bailey store, you're coming to see people you're looking forward to seeing, and they're, they're looking forward to seeing you. Yeah. It's, a, you know, it's family. And we, we laugh together. We cry together. We go to your weddings for your children together. Unfortunately, we go to funerals. Together, we, we pray together, we laugh together, we actually cry together over situations. But that's what babies is all about. It's about happiest moments of people's lives and with a beautiful piece of jewelry or graduation gift. But, you know, we get to celebrate the happiest moments of people's lives with somebody trusting us to come and buy a piece of jewelry or watch something from babies. That's and awesome. That's what we do. Well, um, we don't have you for all day. I could keep asking questions, but we're coming up on Valentine's Day. I yeah. think when this podcast comes out, it'll be the day before. Uh-huh. Any Valentine's Day specials going well, on over at Bailey's? Well, you know, Everybody we, wants a Bailey's box. It, that's true. And you, every one of your ladies' listeners are nodding their head up and down right now, Ben. You, you, if your wife is listening, she'll be doing, staying the same oh, thing. Oh, she'll, she'll be listening. And, I, and that's an interesting story how that came about, to tell you the truth. We did not create it. We, we it, was a, it was a fluke that that happened. I can tell you that sometimes if you want me to, but but as far as your question goes, we it's important to us to carry affordable jewelry. People's giving to give a Bailey box isn't about how much it is; it's just what it means. And we've had so many people tell like us that. they give a Bailey box because they want that person to recognize how much that person means to them, or how much that occasion means to them, and they said the Bailey box represents sure the magnitude of it to them, but. We always say that every Bailey box is filled with love. And, of course, Valentine's is all about love. And we say that, that what comes to the Bailey box is a whole lot sweeter than what comes into a candy box. <laughs> and, uh, and no calories. It's carrots. It's carrots, That's but it's right. not calories. But, you know, we, we always carry little friendship rings, little sterling silver hearts, little, little braces, lockets. Uh, of course, David Yerman has things that start at like $395. Lagos has things start at $295. But we have lots of little cutesy things that are very affordable. And, uh, and that's just important to us. I mean, and that I will tell you that engagement rings is a, is a we're, we're, we're like the engagement ring store for all the Eastern North Carolina and the Triangle. Sure. And it's where Probatis people have been getting engaged for 75 years. They yeah. come from all over. And they, we, have, we have wonderful. A lot of times they tell us that they're, not only that their parents got the engagement ring from us, they tell us their grandparents got the engagement ring from us. So it's generational. Wow. So when you've been doing it for 75 years, they can tell me stories, and they do tell me stories about how they're, that my mother helped them. I've actually have had people tell me how their my father helped them, and these are elderly people at this point telling me about that. But we we have many many affordable things, and and but Valentine's a big deal. It's the largest, the number one time of the year in the United States for somebody getting engaged is on Valentine's night. Really, and and wow. it's unreal. Like the, this 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 coming weekend, of course, the weekend before Valentine's. Uh, it'll be unbelievable the number of guys and sometimes couples that come in and select an engagement ring that's going to come in a Bailey box because every woman not only wants a Bailey box, they want to be a Bailey bride. Yeah, oh, there you, you know, go. You know, so. Well, um, maybe a good question to end on. You kind of hinted at it there, but you guys have been in the jewelry business for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from sort of your entry-level affordable onto extremely nice jewelry um, that anybody in the world would, would die to get their hands on. Are there any other areas of fashion or anything like that that maybe you guys were are looking into to trying to expand into? Or are you guys focused on well, the jewelry business? That's a great question. You know, again, I'm a watchmaker. My daddy was a watchmaker. My uncles were watchmakers. And, and, but I didn't fall out of love with watches, but I, as much as I fell in love with jewelry and, 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 and just bridal and the, the love affair yeah. of jewelry. To yeah, the symbolic away. meaning and, of it. And so yeah. I, I, I got kind of, I didn't lose sight about watches, but, but it wasn't important to me. But my son, he, he raised from Elon University, major in business, a minor in marketing. But my son, like a lot of guys, not to say ladies don't, but there's a lot of watch uh, watch aficionados sure. that absolutely 
either have large collections or, or, or experts in conversations about them. All these Swiss, everybody's going back to self winding. Yeah, yeah. And the back of them is called Exposition. You can see the I'm wearing. I'm wearing an Omega Speedmaster. I've got. I've got. Teenagers, possibly and young, twenty could tell me more about this watch than I'll ever know about. Ever know, it. And I'm uh, a watchmaker. Yeah. But but my son has recognized that that in in this part of the country, Eastern North Carolina, the Triangle, North Carolina as a whole, some reason there's not tons of watch brands anymore. You can go to Miami's or Chicago's or New York City's or Dallas, Texas. Texas sure. is a big watch state. And somehow or another, it kind of was never a focus. My son says there's no reason not to satisfy all. There's a lot, a lot of watch clubs in Raleigh and Charlotte and Winston-Salem as well and maybe Greensboro. So um, so my son's bringing that back almost single-handedly. With his Fox and Bailey watch shop, we have these uh, 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 shows there. Uh, we're, we're, our grand opening for our new Omega uh, boutique is uh, February the 13th. Okay. Uh, we're going to be the second largest Omega boutique in the United States. The largest one is in Houston, Texas. Wow. And we're going to be the second largest one in the United States. And that's a pretty big deal. My son worked and worked and worked. Omega's not opened up any accounts in the country. In fact, they're closing accounts from smaller stores that just don't <clears> care. <throat> it's a big investment. But they opened, they came to saw Trey's new uh, Fox and Bailey stores. Make, it made uh, jewelry national news and several awesome. publications. The, the North American president and his entourage came down this summer and saw it and said, we'll open you. He'd been writing them letters. And so it, we're cutting the ribbon on it uh, next week. Well, that'll be, yeah, February 13th will be the day the podcast drops. So that's, that'll be great. It's going to be that night and that's at 6 o'clock. in Raleigh. In Raleigh. But so, so the answer to your question is, Bailey's vision going forward is, is continue carrying brands. My son is working harder and harder to try to get Cartier, which is, more difficult than Omega, but we believe there's a marketplace where people are appreciating really fine watches. They see them in these magazines like Town and Country and all these other magazines. He just believed that, that there's been a void for too long and that we, our roots were watch repair. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. and watches, and, and we kind of faded away from it in the, I don't fade away from it in the 90s. I was pretty big watches in the 80s, but I got away from it. And the watch manufacturers got too demanding to me. Sure. And I didn't need a partner. Okay. Uh, you know, so anyway, but my son, says it's the right route to go so we're bringing that back and uh and i think that's where we're looking forward to and custom design and custom design is a big deal we, okay. we have all the cad designers now and yeah. the custom guys and people like one of a kind joy one of one and we are satisfying an amazing marketplace for one of one of one creative design that's pretty and that's cool. the next growth that's, that's kind of the next yeah, yeah evolution that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. much our vision but we want to stay true to our core values though we don't. We don't want. We don't want our eyeballs to look like a crab and keep looking hard left and hard right. We, we want to stay focused on the family special occasions, Benton, and we won't say be the family job. We're not trying to be businessmen. We're not trying to be entrepreneurs. We're not trying to create some uh, enterprise. That would take the love out of it for sure. me and my wife, Jane. Sure. We, we love loving on the people, getting to know the people. Seeing their family grow, yeah, and 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 seeing the next generation at our engagement ring counter or our repair counter for that matter, yeah, and and that's where our heart is, and so we want to stay focused within the within the umbrella of who who we are, and we want to be more to those people, and and let somebody else take off and try to be all things to all people. We sure, just, yeah. We don't want to do that. Well, I like what you said about focusing on special occasions. And yeah. I think watches, you know, for like, you know, f- you know, for women, you know, it, it does seem like it's more of a male-dominated thing, but like, like a father to son yeah. type of gift. You, you, you've nailed A college it. graduation yeah. gift or yeah. a high school, you know. It, it's a meaningful gift. That, that Very meaningful. It's talked about, you know, you and I both know a watch is to remind you of the time. Yeah. But I can tell you, if you're giving to your grandparents – Every time you look at it, it's going to remind you of the words that were said and the loving words yeah. that were said to you by your parents or your grandparents and the occasion they gave it to you. And the reason I know that, I've been told it maybe a thousand times in my life when they would hand that across to me and give it to me to repair it, I get a lecture 
When I was there, he said, now let me tell you something. You better take care of this watch. My granddad gave my this to me. Yeah. This my father gave it to me. He took it off his wrist and he handed me when I graduated from yeah. high school. And you better take good care of this watch. So I heard them speak to me. Yeah. And it was with conviction and it was their heart speaking to me. And and speaking of ladies, I've heard of many ladies say, my daddy gave me this this watch. Yeah. I'll pay for it to be prepared until it is, somebody tells me yeah. it cannot get a part And the longer... Time goes on. No the pun more, intended, the, right? Well, yeah, but but the <laughs> the, more the sweeter and the more meaningful uh, those memory, memories time are. Time goes on. It time goes. That person may be long gone, but the memory of that person through that timepiece or piece of jewelry right. that they're wearing. I yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It means more. It, it is. It is the keepsake of it is priceless, and that's yeah. what a beautiful quality piece of jewelry or a quality timepiece does, and yeah. the family's life cycle that's right and and i get to be a part of that and my staff cool. gets to be a part of that if you don't think that's special that touches your heart and the things that people say to us when they when they buy it or the person receives it comes back and asks us to adjust it for well just tells a story five ten years later we get to hear stories that nobody get hardly yeah. anybody else gets to hear and they'll bring tears to your eyes it really, yeah. it really yeah. will yeah well, we, we just celebrated eight years of marriage, and my wife promptly told me that uh, in a couple years to celebrate 10, um, she expects a Bailey's box. All right, so, see? The, but, man, uh, man, we appreciate that. But yeah. you, you are a natural salesman. This has been an absolute blast. I mean, I think this will be really cool for people to just understand the history of the family business, and the roots are right here in Rocky Mountain. Yeah, and my son and, turned 44 uh, yesterday. He, he truly loves the business. And our staff loves what they do, and it shows, Ben. And we're going to, good Lord willing, we'll be here another 75 years. My little 11-year-old granddaughter, which is Trey's oldest, yeah, she has just told us last week that she, at school they asked what they'd like to do when they grow up. So the first time we've heard, she says she wants to do what her daddy does. She wants to work in a jewelry store. Really? That's awesome. So it touched our hearts. That's great. Yes, wow. Well, Clyde, thank you so much for your time. I want to get you out of here, be respectful of your time, but this has been wonderful. Thank you. Ben, thank you. Enjoy talking with you. Love talking about Rocky Mount, and we're all we're all blessed that we, 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 we grew up in Rocky Mount. Absolutely. It's a special place, and it always will be. No question. It's a great way to end.